listening to Arts Talk Radio, and I'm Michael Hasted. We bring you interviews as well as news relating to all aspects of the arts in Holland, which are either in English or where language is no problem. We concentrate on events in Amsterdam, The Hague, Rotterdam and the surrounding areas. Arts Talk Radio Online. Interviews and features on the arts in English. Two very different pieces this week. We meet an English actress who lives in Rotterdam and she's just produced her first play. Plus we have another track from the Amsterdam Cello Octet's version of Sgt Pepper. But we start in Delft, at the Museum Prinsenhof to be precise, where an exhibition has just opened pairing the work of local artist Jan Schoenhoven and the German photographer Lothar Volley. My name is Anton Melissen. I'm the guest curator of this exhibition and I've been working the last for the last 10 to 15 years on the catalogue resume of Jan Schoenhoven's reliefs. Because I think maybe he's not terribly well known. Can you tell me a little bit about him? Uh, yeah, sure. He's a Delft artist. He was born in 1914 and he was, you could say, a core member of the International Zero Movement. So he made his career, uh, he started working as an artist in the late 40s, but he had his breakthrough around 1960. Uh, zero works, zero movement uh, had its origin in Dusseldorf and the basis of the zero movement was, let's say, uh, that artists wanted to go back to zero. They wanted to make works which were uh, uh, quiet, they were white monochromes, they were not autobiographical. So a kind of art that was also optimistic, looking forward to a new world. It was the optimism of the 60s, and that's also where the name Zero came from, like a rocket. You count down, you go from zero, and there the new future starts. Because the work, I think, is almost entirely on paper, but it's three-dimensional. It's almost like a monochrome Mondrian, almost. It's true, it's true. There are always three-dimensional. He developed his first relief in the late 60s, before he was a painter, a quite conventional, traditional painter. Uh, but in fact, yeah, the core of his works are reliefs, three-dimensional papers on a wooden base, but the top is always made of, all, uh, of everyday materials, uh, newspapers, cardboard, and surprisingly enough, industrial white wall paint. The monochrome coat was always industrial wall paint. And the exhibition is also of um, a German photographer called Lothar Volley. Uh, what was the, their relationship? Uh, Volley was born uh, a, a few years later, in 1930. They met uh, in the late 60s. Uh, Volley uh, lived in Dusseldorf. Uh, he was a photographer, uh, an advertising photographer, but he made his name with artist portraits. And uh, Jan Schoonhoven was, so to say, on his wish list. He wanted to portray and meet Jan Schoonhoven. So that's how they met in Delft. Um, it didn't stop with two or three photographs because they kept in contact over the years until the death of the photographer at the end of the 70s. Uh, they, de they developed artist books, they went on trips together and so it was a very fruitful cooperation between the two and uh, what we see here at Museum Prinsenhof Delft, which is the essence of this exhibition, is that through Lothar Volley's photography we get to know Jan Schoonhoven on, in a completely new way. Uh, these photographs open up uh, the oeuvre of reliefs, how they were made, uh, how they relate to everyday 
Delft. And that's a very interesting part of this exhibition, also for me. Because um, it may be a, uh, an odd pairing. I think um, Volley was a fairly sophisticated, uh, fashionable photographer, and uh, Schoenhaven was a uh, Eccentric. I mean, he was. There's, there's a school of uh, fairly eccentric mm. Dutch artists, um, Fieret, um, and a couple of others. Mm. It's a, a matching of opposites, True. almost. True. Uh, 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 rightfully so. You're really right. Uh, I mean, just the living conditions uh, of the Schoenhofens. They lived in a very small uh, upstairs apartment here on a canal in Delft. The living room of 20 square meters uh, maximum. The Volleys lived in Düsseldorf. They had an enormous loft, uh, full with custom-made design furniture and artworks a lot of artworks in museum sizes of the greatest artists of his time which were also his friends so true uh, they lived completely different lives but the connection was always unconditional love for the arts because as, I found the photography actually I must say more interesting I thought they were really incredible photographs and we were talking earlier that uh, they're all square and they were all taken on a Hasselblad mm -hmm. and they're all unedited they're, mm -hmm. as they came out of the negative. Yeah. That's very special. In fact, it's, 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 it's notably... Schoenhofen was uh, an artist who belonged to the first generation of academy students in Germany who were educated photography as an arts profession. So as, as not being a documentary kind of photography, not like pictures for passports or press uh, photography. Photography was an art. And one of his professors was Otto Steinert, which was back then uh, a revolutionary figure after the war in Germany who really uh, put photography on the map in uh, the arts academies in Germany. Lothar Volley was a student of his class, so what we see here today at the museum, in fact, just as you mentioned, these photographs, they have not been altered in an altered in a dark room. So everything is in the negative. They are very experimental photographs. He experiments with depth, with, with very sharp light and dark contrasts, and it's all in the negative. So this whole school of uh, we, the world we are living now with Photoshop and cropping and editing, didn't exist for Lothar Volley, even when he had the possibilities, he refused to. He wanted to compose the picture and have this on paper. Because uh, the Hasselblad is not a, an easy camera to use, it's quite heavy and bulky, and you, it's, it, it's, it's difficult, I imagine, to be spontaneous, and yet the photographs look very spontaneous. Did he have his camera on a tripod? You know? Always, always. Uh, and that's very surprising when you see the photographs here at the museum, you see uh, Delft, Jan Schoenhoven, in his daily surrounding. And uh, also in the essay, I start my essay with, with the lines, it's hard to believe, but they must have stood out back then, these two gentlemen. Uh, one German photographer, almost two meters long, tall, uh, always in designer clothes from Paris, Jan Schoenhoven in his Monty coat, and then this photographer with his tripod on his shoulder. The tripod was always there, and all the photographs are strictly composed from beginning to the end. But they look very, very spontaneous. They, they look, look like street photography. They look very spontaneous, but ne everything was planned, everything was scheduled. And that's, that's very remarkable of these photographs, because as you say, as you mentioned, in quite they feel quite spontaneous. Hmm. Okay, well, I think that will do. Thanks very much indeed. You're welcome. Thank you. That was Antoon Mellison, curator of the current exhibition at the Museum Prinzenhof in Delft, which brings together the work of Jan Schoenhoven and German photographer Lothar Wallet. Arts Talk magazine provides the perfect companion to Arts Talk Radio with reviews and previews in English of cultural events in Holland. 
Whatever your interest in the arts, our international team of writers will always provide something new and exciting to see online. That's Arts Talk Magazine, all one word, dot NL. Arts Talk Magazine, dot NL. I'm at the Branagh Theatre in The Hague, and I'm with Claire Vorland, who is the director and creator and everything else, I imagine, of a new company called the Classical English Theatre. Now, how come you started a new English-language theatre company in Holland? Uh, it came about mainly through a frustration um, of wanting to see uh, English-speaking theatre and classical theatre in particular, because when I uh, moved over from the UK seven years ago... Um, I came from a really vibrant theatrical scene um, and I found it, that was missing from here in the Netherlands. Um, and I thought, well, if, if there's no other company that's going to put on the theatre that I enjoy, like Shakespeare or uh, other classical pieces, then uh, maybe I just need to do it myself. And so that's where the Classical Theatre Company was born. I mean, if you're going to do Shakespeare, I mean, you're a fairly large company. Uh, yeah, although um, in my past I worked uh, for a theatre company and we were able to do Hamlet with eight actors. So lots of doubling and trebling. Um, so there's always uh, you know, uh, creative ways around it. Um, but yes, um, that's a, a big thing I want to do is bring Shakespeare here to the Netherlands. And what brought you to the Netherlands? Uh, dare I say Brexit? <laughs> Yeah, it was the the thought that uh, that opportunity was going to be taken away from me. So I wanted to, to seize that opportunity to live and work abroad uh, and live an international life. And so, yeah, that's what brought me over. But as we were saying before, that the Netherlands is not the best place for, for drama, for theatre, because there isn't very much. That's very, very true, and uh, and it's a shame, and I don't, I don't understand it. It's a, in many ways we share a lot of similarities with uh, a cultural uh, similarities, but um, with theatre, that's where it kind of stops, and you have to really dig deep and, and look for it uh, mm. to find uh, some good groups. I mean, the quality is good; it's the quantity mm. that's lacking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they do. I think mainly they're interested in cabaret, and I mean, the, the amazing thing here, which is different from England, is every small town here has a really good modern large theatre and they have different uh, different shows every night but it's always cabaret and it's very difficult to find even Dutch mm-hmm. theatre let alone English. Yes I totally agree and that is one of the the motivations I had to to bring this uh, theatre company to the Netherlands uh, to just give uh, expats um, but also the Dutch community perhaps an opportunity to see something that they wouldn't necessarily see otherwise uh, so I really hope I am bringing something new um, here and, and offering something an alternative uh, for people who live here. Well I think what your, 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 your first production was Samuel Beckett's Happy Days and that's probably something that a lot of people haven't seen in English or in Dutch in England or in Holland. Why that? That's a great question. I mean, Happy Days is, I think, a phenomenal text. Uh, Samuel Beckett, a phenomenal writer. Um, And I think it's a play that needs to be seen. Um, And I will support Beckett and promote Beckett my entire life. I think that this particular production and, and this play speaks to you at whatever age you are. Uh, I played Winnie seven years ago when I was 39. I'm now nearly 47. And uh, it's amazing how 
it's changed. I'm, I'm coming at her from a, from a completely different uh, experience. And I notice these little nuances and changes as I've grown older that Winnie now makes a lot more sense for me. And I think that anyone who comes to see Happy Days, whether it's you know here in, in The Hague or anywhere else, they, they will get something out of it because we, we're all a little bit of Winnie here. <laughs> we're trying to survive among, amongst sort of impossible odds. Because for those who don't know, the play takes place with Winnie, who is the, the main character, standing in a, up to her waist, in a pile of earth. Um, and that's it for the entire play. And I think she has a husband who hovers around in the background. Um, is that difficult for an actor to, to, be, to be static for so long? It's challenging, um, particularly when you're used to moving around, using your arms, particularly in the second half when you're um, buried up to your neck. You have to rely on all your skill as an actor for your facial expressions, your voice in particular, um, and your eyes are acting more than they ever have done. So it's a challenge, but it's... it's um, Oh, it's a joy. It's an absolute joy to achieve that and do that. And uh, it's, a, it's a mammoth role, um, but absolutely rewarding. And what future productions are you planning? How, how many are you going to be doing a year? You plan? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm, at the moment, uh, probably going to be doing maybe once a year, maybe twice a year. Um, and I'm not... Uh, I'm not stuck with just one particular venue. I'm, I'm really willing to move around the country and just uh, go to a venue that might want some English-speaking theatre, classical theatre. Um, yes, yeah, so twice a year would be great. Any plays lined up? I'd love to do Hamlet. <laughs> you playing Hamlet yourself? It's a possibility, although I do love the traditional uh, theatre, um, and so uh, I wouldn't rule everything out or nothing out. Um, but Hamlet is uh, definitely up there as one of my, my wish list. OK, thanks very much for that. Arts Talk Radio Online. That was Claire Walland, whose new classical theatre company recently presented Samuel Beckett's Happy Days in The Hague. A couple of programmes back, we played a track from Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Cello Band by Amsterdam's Cello Octet. Well, here's another. This is She's Leaving Home. So, until the next time, it's goodbye. I'm Michael Hastert. Bye. Bye.